The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're going to start uh, with a brand new series, uh, as it is a brand new year, uh, and I like to call this series uh, Reset. Amen? Uh, Reset. You know, sometimes uh, I remember, you know, uh, uh, we were working on a new mixer that we had gotten, and uh, man, this thing got us so confused, we're about to give up. And uh, we had done all kinds of settings, and we, have sa- we had saved all kinds of settings on that mixer, and it was a digital mixer, and man, it just wouldn't produce the sound quality that we wanted. And uh, we took it back to Tom, uh, Tom's to find out if this thing really worked. And the guy said, you know what? All you have to do is reset and start again, because you, you have messed it up so badly. We need to just reset. Amen? And this is not to all of you, but to some of you, 2018 was not a good year, and in 2019, we just have to press uh, reset. Amen? We're going to be talking about reset in your finances. We're going to be talking about reset in your faithfulness and your commitment. We're going to be talking about reset in your thinking. How many of you realize that your thinking sometimes needs a reset? Amen? So today, let's start in Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew 6, Matthew chapter number 6, and I want to read from verse 19, Matthew chapter number 6, following up to what Dillian was talking about, we're going to try and reset uh, your heart in relation to your finances, amen? Uh, I found out that the number one reason why people divorce is money, and I believe it's not because they have money or that they don't have money is because they have a wrong relationship with money. Because we know rich people that divorce because of finances and we know poor people that divorce because of finances and we know middle class people that divorce because of finances. Why? Because they don't know how to relate with this thing called mucho dinero. Y'all didn't know I spoke closer. (laughs) Just threw that in there. It says in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. How many of you realize that this is Jesus speaking? And he goes on to say in verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And I like verse 21. He goes on to say, For where your treasure is, there will your what? Your heart be also. Did you see it? 
He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, Arthur Menchis uh, came in last year. I think it was the last service of the year. And he taught on uh, what I like to call heart physics. And his foundational scripture was Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 24, which says, guard your heart with how much? All diligence, because out of it will flow the what? The issues of life. In fact, let's read it. Let's go to Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 24. I want you to see it with your own eyes. Proverbs 4, 24. Uh, next verse, 23. Okay, 1 minus 1. Proverbs 4, 24 minus 1. Amen. <laughs> it says, keep your heart with how much? All diligence, for out of it are the what? The issues of life. Now watch what he says in the New Living Translation. Thank you, Jesus. He says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the what? I didn't hear that. He says, guard your heart above everything, for it is your heart that will determine the course of your life. Or the way your life will turn out is directly in response to what's in your heart. And therefore, he says, guard your heart with how much? With all diligence, guard your heart with everything that you have. And Jesus gives us another insight when it comes to this thing called the heart. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I believe the verses before, he's still talking about the heart. When he says, do not store up treasure for yourself in the earth. He's talking about the heart. He's saying, do not keep your heart invested in earthly things. But keep your heart. See, because here's the deal. There is no way you can take your treasure to heaven. You're not going to rent a jet that can get you to heaven. So how do you get your treasure to go to heaven? You take your heart and you put it in the things of heaven or in the things that pertain to the kingdom of God. How many of you think that a good, that's a good idea? To put your heart in the kingdom of God and not in golf clubs. To put your heart in the things of God and not in your car. How many of you think it's a good idea? Now, Jesus shows us how that happens. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In fact, he has just given us the formula to which we can transfer our hearts from wherever they were right into the kingdom of God. How do we do that? By taking our treasure and investing it in the kingdom of God. That's reset 2019 for some of you. Amen? And watch what he says in verse 22. He says, the light of the body is the eye. Again, he's still talking about the heart is the eye that sees and determines the course that your life will go. And then he goes on to say, if therefore your heart be single, your whole body shall be full of light. Your whole body shall be full of glory. Your whole body shall be full of a kingdom manifestation. It comes from your heart being in perpendicular alignment to the kingdom of God. That's why he says if your eye be single. And he goes on to explain exactly what he's talking about. He says, but if your eye is evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness... How great is your darkness? One of the areas where people really think they have wisdom and they have mastered and they understand is the area dealing with finances and money and uh, treasure and so on and so forth. And Jesus actually calls their knowledge here darkness. And he goes on to say, if your 
knowledge, your light is darkness. How can light be darkness? When what you think you know is actually ignorance. He goes on to say, how great is that darkness? You are beyond ignorant. See, a lot of people have opinions when it comes to finances. And some of them are contrary to God's word. And man, they'll lift up their chest, their head, and their shoulders broad and say, oh, man, I know this about money. Is it in line with God's word? If it's not, it's darkness. Yeah. And how great and how gross is that darkness? Yeah. And watch what he says in verse 24. He concludes it. No man or a woman can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other. These are strong words. He says no man can serve two masters. He didn't say man will not try. (laughs) Men have been trying for the last 2,000 years ever since he said these words. He says no man. It's not going to be possible. He says no man can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. I wonder which masters he's talking about. He tells us. He says, you cannot. Someone say, you cannot. cannot. That word cannot just means it's impossible. It's not happening. Yeah. You cannot serve God and mammon. You either love one, and when you love one, it's implied that you already hate the other. You either hold on to one, and when you hold on to one, it's already implied that you despise the other. Amen? And it says you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, what's God and mammon? What's the the difference between the two? Jesus is talking about two different systems that are in existence in the world today. And these systems are present in each and every one of our hearts. And they contend for domination. They contend to be worshipped, to be served all of the time. And the first system is the system of the kingdom of God. Where further on in this scripture, Jesus says, you must seek first. You must prioritize the kingdom of God. He was dealing with things and kingdom. You remember? Matthew chapter number 6 verse 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. But you have to seek first the kingdom. The king and his domain. And his righteousness, which was wrought in Jesus. And he says, when you do, all these things shall be added unto you. What is he saying? Man, this is awesome. Prosperity and dealing with material things is a grace issue. God has already done it. He has already paid the price. It's available for every single child of God. All you have to do is to position yourself. It's like the moon and the sun. You know, when we have a full moon... All that's changed is positioning. Nothing else. Positioning. And that's what it is. When you have a believer who's prospering in their lives, it's not that they are better or they are special in the kingdom of God. It's not that God is favoring them because God shows no partiality. It's just that they have positioned themselves to receive that grace. For we know that you connect to that grace through faith. 
And in the area of resources, you have to continuously dethrone this thing called mammon. Now, what is mammon? Some of you may ask. Mammon is a system. You know, some people think mammon is money, but it's not just limited to money. It's money. Money is included, but it's a system uh, that governs the material uh, realm of the world. Everything that you see was never created for you to serve it. That's why God, the creator, created in six days. And at the seventh, at the, right at the last day, he created his crown jewel, you and I, so that we could spend what he had created in six days, not serve it. Men were never created to serve the creation, but they were created to spend the creation, touching people's lives for themselves and so on and so forth, while serving God, the creator. Amen? So there are two systems. And a lot of people get tripped up with seeking first the things. When the man said, seek first the kingdom. Position yourself for the kingdom. In other words, your heart should be dominated by kingdom business. You know, when the prosperity gospel uh, came and they were teaching about prosperity, uh, they would tell people that if you give this offering, you'll be able to get a return of this much and then you'll be able to go and buy a Bentley. That's not true. With that kind of heart, oh, let me tell you, if you have a Bentley in your heart, you are not getting anything from the kingdom of God. But if you have the kingdom of God in your heart, you're going to get a Bentley by accident. You see, we're resetting some things. Yeah, we're resetting. The Bentley is going to show up, but there's different motives to getting to the Bentley. You're not trying to get to the mantle. He says you pray and you receive not because you ask us amiss. And he said those that ask, you pray, you, you ask so that you may consume it upon your lustful desires. Whenever there is a desire for things, our hearts are no longer in popular, uh, perpendicular alignment with the kingdom of God. Amen? Now let's go to Matthew chapter number 13 verse 33. Thank you Jesus. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter number 13 verse 33. I want to read this in the message Bible. This is Jesus speaking. In Matthew chapter number 13 verse 33. Watch what he says. This is Jesus speaking. He says another story or another parable. God's kingdom is like yeast that a woman works into the dough or dough. Dough. Dough for dozens of loaves of barley bread and waits while the dough rises. That's what happens when you take your treasure and you bring it to the kingdom of God. You are taking your finances and mixing them up with God's finances. And the net effect is something has to rise. Go with me to Revelations chapter number 3 verse... Uh, 20, I believe. Revelations, chapter number 3, from verse 19 and 20. 19 and 20. This is Jesus uh, uh, speaking again. He says, as many as I love, he's speaking through the uh, revelator, John the revelator, it's in red. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now watch what happens in in the next verse. 
In other words, be zealous and repent just simply means be zealous and change the way you think. Man, we need to change the way we think when it comes to finances, particularly in the church. Money is not everything. And I like to teach about finances in January. You know why? Because everyone is broke. Well, most people are broke. (laughs) And all they can work with is a decision. And in fact, when it comes to finances, that's the most important thing. So you see, it's fun to teach about finances right now because most of you are like, you know, the preacher trying to get my money, but I don't have any right now. But you know what you can work with? It's a decision for what you're going to do with your finances throughout 2019. Can I get an amen? Now watch what he says in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's grace. Grace is already available, standing and knocking, saying, man, I want to prosper you. Grace is saying, man, trust me. Will you trust me in the area of finances? Grace is always standing and knocking. And he says, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will soup or sup, sup, sup. have supper with him and he with me. Now, that's interesting. Because if you already had supper with him, that's enough. But Jesus flips it. And he says, ye will also have supper with Man, I'm just introducing you to what I like to call kingdom. Dine with me. Is that what it's called, the show? Come dine. Come, this is kingdom. Come dine with me. Man, if you invite Jesus to your house, he also says, you will get to partake of what's in his house. This is in, uh, in, in Spanish, mi casa, su casa. What's yours is mine. How do you get to make your finances and God's finances one? You start trusting him in the area of finances. Yeah. And God has a way bigger account than you and I. Yeah. See, God is saying, take the little that you have. Let's put it in one big pot and shade. Wow. And we are saying, no, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. You see, because the mindset is you're thinking God is trying to rob you. In fact, God says in Malachi, chapter number 3, from verse 10 onwards, he says, no, you have robbed me. And I used to think, man, how can we rob God? And he says he owns everything in the earth. In fact, what he's saying is, you have robbed me of the opportunity to bless you. You didn't rob God of money. God's still paving streets. No, not paving. Making streets out of God. God is still good. You, You didn't rob God of nothing, but the opportunity to manifest his prosperity to you. That's what you're robbing him. And by faith, when you begin to take your treasure in 2019 and commit your treasure, first of all, commit your treasure to the kingdom of God. And I can guarantee you, your heart will begin to follow suit. I know some of you were writing, you know, on a New Year's resolution, go to church more. And some of you were writing, getting, you know, start, uh, 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 you know, uh, participating in church things. And I can help you with, with the solution. The reason you're not doing much at church or attending church that much is because you're not giving anything. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when you start tithing, you want to come here and see what we're doing with your tithe. <laughs> Man, when you start tithing, you'll be here every Sunday. Man, you'll be at every meeting. <laughs> Man, you'll be here. You'll be at every meeting that we call for. I want to see because that's where my treasure is. And that's where your heart will end up. Amen. 
See, so you're trying to trick the leaves. Let's fix the root. The root is you haven't put the treasure in it. When you put your treasure in it, your heart will follow suit. And your life will have no choice but to follow suit. Can I get an amen? Amen. So mammon contends for space in our hearts. But God, Jesus, wants us to be completely surrendered and submitted to the kingdom of God. Amen? Let's go now to Matthew chapter number 10 from verse 5 to 10. This is Jesus uh, training the disciples to live their lives based on the kingdom system and not on the mammonic system. Amen? And Jesus said to his disciples, to the twelve, verse 5, The twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of Gentiles, do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the Lord's ship of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out uh, demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts. In other words, do not take any money with you on this mission. Nor a bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff. For a worker is worthy of his food. God is always trying to train us that what sustains us is the kingdom of God and not the material world. That's why he said to the children of Israel, go and borrow silver and gold from your neighbors. And as they went, they found favor in the eyes of the Egyptians and straight away he put them in the desert where they couldn't spend it. (laughs) So you have all this gold and all this silver, but nowhere to spend it. You know why? Because God wanted to show them, ultimately, it's me that provides for you. And even when he started providing for them, he didn't provide for them for a month. Give us our daily bread. You know, manna came just for today. So you can trust him for today. And you will begin to trust him again for tomorrow. So that when you get to the promised land, where you have an abundance, you have already embedded in you to trust God every single day, even with a bank account full of money. You can still trust God and not the money. See, a lot of people get tripped up because they didn't go to desert university. See, in desert university, you learn to trust God for your daily bread. And this is what the same training that Jesus is taking the disciples. He says, go and preach, but do not take any money. And then when he came back, he asked them this question. In Luke chapter number 22, verse 35. After the university, they were getting ready to graduate. And he said in Luke 22, verse 35, he said to them, when I send you out without money bag, knapsack, sandals, did you lack anything? And so they said, I didn't hear that. Come on, preach with me. So he's trying to show them that it wasn't your money bag or your knapsack or your sandals that takes care of you. And then after this, he gave them back the money bag, the knapsack and the sandals. Because now they know it's not in the money bag. You see, that heart connection with the kingdom of God. 
Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. Let us go now to Luke chapter number 5 from verse 1 to 12. Man, favor is available for you and God will take care of you. Wherever you go, God will take care of you. But you're going to have to start trusting in his system and not in the money bag and the sandals. Sandals is the Gucci shoes, amen? And the, <laughs> and the Louis Vuitton. And Versace. <laughs> this one guy, the Lord started blessing him so much, he had just come out of prison, and he built a house and, you know, put a uh, jacuzzi in his house. And he went to give his testimony and he said, you know, and the Lord has blessed me with this house. I even have uh, Jesusi. <laughs> and the bishops right in front of the church said, no, it's a jacuzzi. He said, it doesn't matter. I have it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. When I go back home, I'm going to be sitting in. I don't have to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so he says in verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of the Lord that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. Now, this is interesting. This is Jesus. You went to uh, Simon's uh, 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 fish, fish, uh, fishery. What is it called? Fishery. You went to Simon's fishery, and there are a few uh, boats uh, right there. And uh, Simon had, and a few others were already in the sea fishing. You know, they were fishing. And uh, in fact, that's what Mammon will do. Mammon will move you into a place of fishing. I'll explain what that means. And uh, they were out in the sea fishing, and Jesus took one of their other boats and started teaching. And after he finished teaching, he shouted out to them, Hey, launch out into the deep. And this is what they said. He said, uh, uh, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural. Someone say plural. So he didn't say launch out your nets. He said launch out your nets for a catch. That's the difference between the kingdom system and the mammonic system. The mammonic system is fishing. Fishing is trying. <laughs> Let's face it. Anybody ever gone fishing? Fishing is trying. Man, you keep throwing that thing in. Sometimes you catch a frog. You throw it again. Sometimes you catch something else. You, you know, you're trying. Jesus didn't say launch out into the deep for fishing. No, he said launch out into a deep for a catch. See, when you're in the kingdom system, it's a catch. It's not fishing. When you submit yourself to the kingdom of God, it's a catch. It's guaranteed. All your needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We ain't trying here. We already know he has provided all for all of our needs. But when you're in the mammonic system, man, you're trying. You try this business idea, you're fishing. <laughs> you, know, you try this job, you don't like it. You try another one, you don't like it. And then they bring a pyramid scheme, you try that one. You, <laughs> you, you know, you, man, that thing, is, that thing is demonic. If you hear of any system that says, 
you know, if you get other people to be under you. God never created any system for people to be under you. Yeah. It says if you come now, you have 20 people under you, then they will have 100 under yeah. them, and then you will. God never created any of that. Anyway, moving right along. Man, that's, that's not of God. And let me tell you, now I'm serious. That thing messes up relationships. Yeah. And only a man that has mammon in their heart and they don't care about anything else will submit themselves to a system yeah. like that. Because I can tell you, after it's all said and done, relationships are going to be messed up. Yeah. In a major way. People are going to be mad at each other. Especially the ones that sign up real late. There's always one person who signs up when the thing is about to collapse. They sign up today and the thing is out tomorrow. They're going to be angry at you. And that's what Mammon wants to do. He wants to destroy people's lives and people's relationships in the process. Do you know how many people that have approached me because I'm a pastor and I have some form of influence uh, over the church that I pass? Do you know how many people that have approached me with the pyramid scheme idea? Do you know how many people approach me every single month? To say, Pastor, we know you can get 50 people easily under you and we'll shoot you to 100,000 rand. Gold status. Gold status. Diamond, actually. And it's a mnemonic, demonic system. It's a get-rich-quick scheme. See, what I'm teaching right here is not a get-rich-quick scheme. You know why? Because watch what Jesus then said to the disciples. But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. Not only is the mammonic system based on fishing, it is also based on toiling. He says we have toiled all night and caught what? Man, the mammonic system has toil as a sign and nothingness. What that means is you'll have riches that are meaningless. See, when the Bible in Joshua chapter number one talks about if you meditate on this word, you'll prosper and you'll have good success. There's a thing in the kingdom of God called good success, which means there is a thing called bad success. What's bad success? You have all these cars, one for every week. The red one, the yellow one, the blue one. For Monday, for Tuesday, for Wednesday, for Friday. You have all this money in your bank. But you can't keep a good meal in your stomach from pores that have developed over a period, from worry because you don't know if people around you are there because they like you or they're there because of your money. So you're consistently worried about what's going on around you. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the madam is making out with the gardener. (laughs) With all your money and all the cars for seven days. It's called toil and nothingness. That's what it will do. It will take the meaning out of riches. God has given us these riches so that we can enjoy them. Not so that they can mess up our marriages. Not so that they can mess up. You know, some people come to me, and, 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 and thank God they don't come to this church. Some wives have come to me, and they say, Pastor, please pray that this dude goes broke again. Because ever since he started making money, he's gone crazy. And I say, I can't pray that. Because poverty doesn't come from God. But guess what? It's become a curse. It's toil and nothingness. Now watch what the kingdom of God will do. 
He says, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. This is true Bible prosperity. What Dillian was talking about, partnership. When God prospers you, it's not for you. It is so that you can be a blessing to someone else. When God puts you in a position of influence, it's not just for you. It is so that you can be a blessing and open doors for others. They started calling out for other people and they say, listen, come and partake of some of this fish. True Bible prosperity always looks out for someone else to be a part of the blessing. And what is the true blessing? The true blessing is the gospel. Man, we need to invest in the gospel. That's right. Just last month we were sharing a story. It's a tragic story that happened in Durban with uh, Jabu's uh, a sister. And, you know, she went on to, to be with the Lord. But what touched my heart and blessed my heart was that she had received Jesus three months prior to her departure. And those three months, that time when she received uh, Jesus, it was at a faithful church, new church plant in Durban. That's what money is for. It is so that we can send people to plant new churches. That people can receive Jesus. Man, that blesses my heart. That's what finances are for. Someone else is actually having a baby in February. And they got prayed for in the campus, in the new church campus in Durban, Umtlanga. Couldn't have a child for 12 years. And we sent out pastors there. They laid hands on them. A prophetic word was spoken over them. And now they're having a baby. That's what finances are for. They called on the partners. They say, partners, come and partake of this blessing. See, the mindset for the most part of the church is, I want to get blessed so I can go back home for Christmas. Man, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to show them. I have some grudges to settle. That's not what finances are for. Finances give you the ability to be a blessing to someone else. Can I get an amen? amen. Now watch this. Uh, they signal to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats. See, there is enough for everybody. Aren't your neighbor and say, there is enough for everybody. There is enough for everyone. There is enough for everyone. This is a mindset that you need. It's called an abundance mindset. You won't get mad when your brother gets blessed with a new car. Because there is enough for everybody. Yeah. Amen. Right. You, won't get blessed. you won't get mad when someone gets married. Because there is enough for everybody. Yeah. Both the boats were filled. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John and the sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, someone say from now on. He said from now on you will catch men. In other words, he introduced their next assignment. In the midst of their current harvest. Man, that's awesome. See, a lot of people get caught up in their current harvest. They miss their next assignment. 
He said, from now on, this wasn't even meant for you to, you know, bring a tent. And No, this is, just, this is just a little, you know, something, something. But the real assignment is coming. He said, from now on, you will catch man. Verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Man, that's awesome. They forsook everything and gained the whole world. That's what it takes. Jesus just gave them a practical on how to dethrone mammon. In the midst of a harvest, you get introduced to your next assignment. What you going to do? Because this will change the face of the whole company. Fishery. Is that what you called it? Yeah. Man, we are about to make the books of this fishery go to the next level. And Jesus said, come on, this is not what you are created for. This is your real assignment. You know why? Because the kingdom of God always brings you into a place of fulfillment. Because God wants you, just more than material things, God wants you to be a fulfillionaire. Where you have all your needs. See, they moved from fish. And fish is perishable. And I'd like to believe they didn't have refrigerators back in those days. So this was a good supply, but at some point it was going to come to an end. Now they were connecting with an unending source. And they were ready to do it in the midst of their harvest. And guess what? They became fulfillionaires. They were moved into a place where they could meet every need. Man, when they saw sick people, they laid hands on them, right. and they were healed. Yep. When they saw hungry people, they took the five loaves and the two fish and fed all of them, and even took extras. They were moving into a place of supernatural abundance where now you're not only letting Jesus dine with you, he is also letting you dine with him. And you now have access to everything that is in his pantry. And he owns everything. When you need it, it will come. My wife and I were in uh, Port Alfred, Port Edward, for our family vacation in December. And this dude called us when we were in our room. And he said, man, I just saw your name. And I thought, let me call and say what's up. And he called and he said, hi. He said, man, are you from Zim? I said, yeah, I'm from Zim. And he said, man, you should come and see me. And I said to myself, man, I ain't going to see nobody. I'm not trying to have another. I'm on vacation. (laughs) I'm not trying to have a thing, connection or no. I'm here on vacation. So he calls me again the next day, and he says, man, you should come and see me. You should really, really come and see me. So we finally went to see him, and he said, you know, I'm the boss here. <laughs> I said, okay, I see what you're doing. And he said, did you have dinner? I said, no, we, not yet. He said, okay, come with me. So he took us to the hotel uh, uh, area, and uh, he asked the lady, he, man, I could see he was the boss. He just walked up and he said, can I have three dinners? <laughs> man, I doubt he even greeted him. <laughs> she said, can I have three dinners? And they printed it. He signed that thing, I think about 400, total 400 rand. And he signed that thing and gave it back to them. Uh, per dinner, yeah. And he signed that thing for all of us uh, with our kids and the kids enjoyed it. And the next day he called me. He said, did you have dinner today? I said, no, I didn't. And I'm coming to see you. I was about to come and see you, sir. And I went and I saw him and he went, same thing. Hey, can I have dinners for four people? He signed that thing. Never met the guy in my life. 
and the hotel was on full capacity. I would be a fool to think that my name is so appealing. I believe God told him to do it. And he obeyed. And guess what? I had provision in the sphere of the moment. Listen, you don't have to have a million in your account, but you can live like a millionaire. Because while I was sitting in there having dinner with my family, no one could tell whether I paid for it from my own credit card or check card or someone else paid for it. I mean, all these big ballers are coming in and I'm amongst them. You know why? Because God can bring you to a place where you have everything, but you don't have to see it for you to believe that it's there. You just have to connect to the system. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.